Hello and welcome to What Moves Us, the podcast where we ask what moves us or more accurately what's going to move us in future. With the Rail Innovation Group's Johanna Randall and Liam Henderson we look at debates, themes and decisions of the minutes that will impact on the way we get about in the future. Hello Mike, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am very well, uh, where are you today? I am at home, uh, North Nottinghamshire, um, sat in my office and it's too warm. What was your home, what was your home office before it was your office? Um, it was a mud piece, a hole in the ground. It, we, we had it built during the beginning of the pandemic. We're having some work done on the house. So we thought we'll have a little office built in the garden, uh, which was a nice idea. Um, but it gets very, very warm in here. So. Right. I'm just going to have an image of you sitting in a mud hole in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's actually quite nice now. I can't, it's, it's still not finished. That, that's, that's another problem, but I'm probably not meant to mention that on this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So um, we are speaking today about Nomad Digital. So here's your opportunity. Would you like to introduce your name, your full name and your company? Yep, I'm Mike Butler, uh, Head of Innovation at Nomad Digital, which is part of Alstom Group. Uh, but Nomad Digital uh, provides IP-based solutions for the transportation sector from rail, trams, buses, etc. So we put intelligence onto vehicles so you can extract more value and extract more information from your rolling stock, from your bus, whatever. So we are very much focused on connectivity, but with the also being able to actually use what we have as a processing platform to host SMEs applications or solutions, our own solutions. So passenger information systems, remote condition monitoring, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we do anything on board to try and extract value to hope, hopefully improve passenger experience, operational efficiency and stuff like that. Right. Comprehensive then? Very much so. Very much so. Yes. So obviously following the emerging market. What's that? Sorry. I said a solution for all customers. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we customers who are doing infrastructure monitoring all the way to ones who are just off, uh, who just run buses for uh, getting people from A to B. So great. Yes. And they are based in, but they're based in Newcastle, aren't they? That is right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, are you so, remote or do you work? Back and forth? Um, remote mainly. Uh, go to Newcastle occasionally. Uh, but I have to say, I, as I came back to New, uh, Nomad coming up to two years ago in the middle of the lockdown, I've not been very many times, but um, I'm quite used to that work remote in my last two jobs previously. So since leaving Network Rail, I've not really been in an office, which people think is a good idea. So. All right, then. And when you do go to Newcastle, are you training or driving? Uh, train. Okay. Good answer. Right answer. <laughs> so we're doing this uh, interview today uh, because Nomad Digital is a member of the Rail Innovation Group. So it's really to get you to know you a bit better. So we did discuss some potential questions of which I'm going to pick the first one, which is why did you choose to engage with us? Um, because I think it was something we were lacking. We um, saw the membership of Rail Innovation Group and saw the sort of representation and the companies you were engaged with and we are a bit a bit hit and miss when it comes to engagement with SMEs with other companies and I thought it was a brilliant forum for us to actually get involved with and meet new companies hopefully collaborate with learn some new things and uh, actually um, 
yeah, be a bit more visible in this side of the uh, of the rail market. I think we've always been innovative, but we've not very, been very good at publicizing it. Which right. I think the group gives us the opportunity to do that, hopefully. So. Okay, so we did see you at uh, Inatrans with your very big, impressive stage. So that was good. But how have you, um, so have you found this helps your engagement or? Into Inatrans. Well, being a member, going to Inatrans, doing those things. So you said you weren't, oh, yes. weren't brilliant yes. at engagement. So I'm asking, have you, has, have you developed that? No, no, I think there's been a couple of, um, there's been some engagement with uh, some of the members, which has been on the back of joining in the weekly calls, which has been nice, but actually some of the publicity and the exposure you've given us um, has been very good for us in terms of social media, instead of having this, the traditional LinkedIn post from Nomad, uh, you've actually retweeted, you've linked into some of the work you're doing. So yeah, invaluable, because it also puts us into a area a new area, a new uh, a way of exposing ourselves. Excuse right. me. Okay. Well, we'll take credit for all of that. That's good. <laughs> Loving these answers. <laughs> so, as a more uh, a more let's say sizable company, do you, you're obviously engaging through the group with much newer, smaller companies, startups. So, do you find that you're able to to maintain the pace of innovation? as the smaller companies? Uh, I'm gonna say basically, once you get bigger, how do you keep in innovating? I think we, uh, it, that's the difficulty. We, the, the, the bigger you are, the harder it is to change, become, ag uh, stay agile, be responsive to the market. So actually engaging with the SME, uh, SME groups, um, help us do that. They give us exposure, give us capabilities that we can not exploit, but partner with to offer new things to our customer base and new customers. Um, in terms of Nomad, yes, we've had to start looking at things differently. We've got to look at how we can add value to the uh, install base we already have, but how we extract more value from what is potentially classed as a passive sensor on board of a train. So this it's been difficult because the market is continually changing. I think we'll discuss it a bit that sometimes it doesn't move. It has wonderful ideas, but that never implements them, which can be frustrating for some companies. But we've continually got to evolve and look at where the market potentially is going to meet customer needs. Right. And I would say there's been in the traditional market of Nomad, which was passenger Wi-Fi um, from when was it 20, 20 years ago? that was an easier probably an easier ask because it was a new technology coming onto rail so people wanted to have connectivity to and from the train it was addressed to an extent limitations on the mobile co coverage but after that what else can you do and actually what we're introducing onto board vic on board vehicles is a very powerful processing unit we're in introducing ip networks we're connecting sensors which were no, previously not connected and so we now need to look at what can we do with those sensors on board of the train to extract some more value to give the operators, the passengers, more, more data, which is actually going to be a benefit to them rather than just be a hindrance. Right. So you're actively developing new, sorry, you're developing new ways to use your products rather than new products. I think it's a mixture of both. I think looking at how... So if we look at how a, a CCU, a, a communication control unit on board of a train, which is the sort of central hub for connectivity on, on board, actually that's capable of doing a hell of a lot more. So 
it's almost like a data center so we can look at what else we can use with that but then we can introduce new products onto the train that can utilize that central processing unit to be the hub the intelligence the processor to start doing more and more on board of a, a vehicle not necessarily also a train it can be a tram it can be a bus as well so okay and then i'm assuming that those units can also go on sort of any if it moves you can go on it anything moves okay and is that your background my background was uh, so i background was been infrastructure monitoring so i was always putting systems onto onto trains to try and extract data or extract um, information to look at the condition of certain assets so for example i did a project on gsmr monitoring i did video analytics systems the original video systems on board network rail yellow trains it was to try and put things onto a train to try and get a better viewpoint of how the asset was evolving or degrading over time. And so my background has always been putting systems onto trains or infrastructure to collect condition data. Right. Okay. So, okay. Right. So, and also then I guess the question is, does your innovation stem from competition or stem from sort of good thoughts? Um, it's a good question. I think it's a mixture of both. You have to innovate to stay ahead of your competitors, but you also have to come to come to your customer base with new ideas. They don't want to be coming to you telling you what their problems are. You need to be looking at where the market's going, where the problems potentially are, and going to your customer and saying, we think we can improve your efficiency by doing X. So I think it's a mixture of both. You've got to make sure you're ahead of your competitors, but you've also got to actually come up with your own ideas because you can't have everyone coming up with the same same things right okay i'm gonna i have a question that i'm just gonna bank for now which is about where the market is going but given you seem to well you seem to know how to develop it quite well then is for the smaller companies would you suggest that they follow the same process then as in sort of have one key thing that you can build on or is it a case of find the gaps? I think there's it, there's two ways to look at it. There, there are gaps all over the market, but there's actually new ways to do existing things. Uh, so I, I look at a lot of SMEs trying to get into the rail market and they get very, very, very frustrated about the slow pace uh, of things or lots and lots of trials, lots of innovation money, but the actual market never emerges. So it's... They've got to, um, I'm trying to think of the best way of saying it, they, they've they've got to sort of not spread themselves too thinly and look at where they want to be, but not don't become too dependent on one customer because it could, the politics can get in the way, um, people can get, uh, can change. And next thing you know, they've got an idea that gets blocked and they go nowhere and they just drop out the market. So they've got to be very specific on what they're trying to achieve but also don't get frustrated by rail. Right. Have you ever got frustrated by rail yourself? Oh, very. <laughs> 22 years of frustration. And it's, uh, luckily, I've worked for bigger companies, so it's there's a probably a bit more tolerance to, uh, to failure. But if you're an SME with limited budgets, there's only so much you can, uh, can tolerate where, before you think enough's enough. I've got to go and focus on another market. Yeah. Okay, so... What would you say is a top tip? 
don't be scared to collaborate because actually there's a lot of the knowledge base. There's a knowledge base out there that can help you with lessons learned. There's the likes of yourselves who have got a lot of experience in the real market. There's a lot of big groups like ourselves are happy to work with SMEs and help guide them and help put even business plans together to help them develop a product. We can even help with the whole development of a product, but don't be scared to collaborate because the vast majority of companies are there to help you. Um, so going back to the market aspect is keeping up with the market and keeping up with the sector. Obviously, we've had the news recently that GB Great British Rails is paused slash may or may not be happening. We don't know. We have a new transport secretary yesterday. So <laughs> as the market is changing slash not changing slash, we don't really know what's happening. Um, do you see similar, yeah, well, I'm guessing that's, lobbing so much uncertainty in it but do you think that that is happening elsewhere or is it a particular rail problem um i think this the pandemic's created uncertainty everywhere there's budgets have been slashed there's uh people aren't willing to invest because of they don't know whether the passenger numbers are going to come back in uh, in a short period of time so i think it's a it's a problem which exists not just in rail, on bus, um, on or public transport, and not just in the UK. Everywhere globally, the market has suffered in the last two years. Um, I think UK, and I will give the likes of Network Rail some credit. Network Rail has always been, I think, ahead of other other countries when it comes to looking at ways to make the railway safer and more efficient. But like most companies, which are tied to the government they can be quite bureaucratic and slow moving so it's i think the gb rail thing is going to cause more uncertainty and in the short term is this going to stop i think it's going to stop investment yet again or it's going to port make pause investment for a, a longer period of time and i don't think I, I thought gb rail at least started to uh, devolve the whole structure more of network rail back into the roots the responsibility onto the roscos to invest into the operators to look at new ways and innovative ways to manage their operations and i think now you're doing limbo yet again so but that's going to happen i think that's happening elsewhere as well yes so do you work internationally Yes, we do. So no, uh, Nomads, uh, we've got customers in France, SNCF, Major One. Uh, we've got work uh, customers in California, CCJPA, Via Rail, uh, Metrolinx in Canada, um, uh, NSB. Uh, globally, in Australia, we've got uh, remote condition monitoring systems out there, as well as being passenger Wi-Fi and uh, other systems. So, yeah, we're a global company, and obviously, we also tie into the Alstom uh, supply chain as well, which gives us even greater exposure with new rolling stock. Right. So where would you say the bright spots are? Not that we're encouraging innovators from the UK to go abroad, but where are they? <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, I think the US is the, uh, I think the US is a massive market. It's untapped. Biden's given, I think it's over a trillion dollars for investment into public transport in roundabout ways. I think their desire to try and get people out of the car is now serious rather than the Donald Trump years where they were, there's nothing wrong with a car i think america is an untapped north america is an untapped market i think it's there's massive potential in the metros on the buses within uh, some of these uh, major cities and you've also got the major operators like amtrak but actually you look at what's out there in the us road rail light rail whatever it's it's a 
I think a very, very uh, new market or untapped market to actually start putting very good ideas that have been developed elsewhere and new ways uh, of doing things and hopefully entice the Americans out of their cars. Oh, yes. Which would be nice. Progress. Progress, eventually, but yeah. So bringing it back to home then is if you're based, so you do have these international opportunities and markets, but then you're based in Newcastle. And I was wondering is being based up there, does that, I say up there, I'm in London, does that, (laughs) South London, um, (laughs) not a podcaster from North London, (laughs) um, does that help or hinder international, well, national and international growth and development? Um, I've got to say, we we have a, the majority of people are up in the northeast, but we do have uh, offices in Belgium, um, development centres in Belgium and in Germany. Um, we do bits elsewhere as well. But I, I would say on the whole, no, it may be in the very early days. Um, it used to be a hindrance in terms of keeping people in the northeast, but Newcastle party town, so people want to stay there. But also you've got uh, Newcastle University as part of the, I think it's part one of the key members of Ukraine, but there's a lot of there's a lot of people up there a lot of competence and there's a lot of good ideas up in newcastle um and i think it, the, the danger is that the market's very very buoyant at the moment so people are looking for what's best for them so it's probably it, it, attracting people is very easy it's keeping hold of them is so it's a challenge for all business at the moment but no i think nowadays remote working end of the pandemic whatever people are a lot more uh, they can work anywhere so i don't think it's a an issue whatsoever Okay, cool. And so that's so the working um, style that you have is very much flexible, then I guess. Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and it, it's got to be. And of course, because we're trying to support uh, different time zones as well, you've got to be. Uh, so I think gone are the days where you're having to force the whole workforce into sitting in an office and look at each other longingly. Um, <laughs> don't do that anymore. But they come for pub nights, do they? Well, yeah, pub nights are good. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm too old for all that now. So. What? Well, you haven't got your camera on, so I can't judge. But <laughs> you saw me in you saw me in uh, Berlin. I'm very grey. I went well. I went grey at 18, so there we are. I actually didn't manage to see you very much in Berlin because you had so many people you were talking to. So there was a queue of people trying to talk to you every time I went past. Man of the people, you see. So people person, people person. That's one thing my wife wouldn't say I am, but that's another. <laughs> Great. Thanks for your time, Mike, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of What Moves Us. We hope we moved you. For more episodes, you'll definitely want to subscribe to our channel. Until next time.